Hello and welcome to Reality Blows. My name is Nick Maritato. I'm Ashley 2022 Brooke Roberts. This is a podcast about some stuff, mostly our lives. And also what we watch and also how we feel and also what Lily's up to, which right now is being bad. Yeah, she's trying to pull our podcasting machine off the table right now with a cute tail move and I don't like it. We had the first outside the litter box pee from Lily in our new Los Angeles apartment, which was in the tub, thank goodness. Of all places to pee, the tub is fine with me. But um Sure the tub was full of all my clothes, but I mean his birth certificate, his social security <laughs> card. Just kidding. There was nothing in the tub. But yes, I did discover a bathtub pee, which is it's annoying. It's an, it's not we don't love it. We don't love it because you know what a bathtub pee is, is that's one pee away from a corner pee where she just finds a corner in the house and pees there so we got to be a little bit more diligent about her litter unfortunately i guess so i mean we're still trying to get used to this pine litter not exactly sure what the deal is with it as far as scooping it because you can't really scoop out when it turns into sawdust you scoop out all the sawdust don't leave the sawdust in there. You've been leaving the sawdust in there, well, babe. Well, I got news for you. I left the sawdust in there today. Mistake. How do you scoop out sawdust if if it's a litter scoop that has holes in it? See, you asking me that question shows me that you haven't tried because it doesn't go through the holes. It clumps together when you scoop out the it's dust. It's not clumping. It's not falling through those holes, babe. You, cl- you scoop it all out. Well, a big scoop. It won't fall through the hole. I would say it's hole. mostly sawdust. And then I put a whole bunch of other stuff on top of it. <laughs> well, what am I supposed to do? You dump out the sawdust. You put new litter in there. Listen, this <sighs> podcast isn't about Lily. If you wanted that, you'd be listening to her podcast called I Like to Pee in the Tub. Yeah, Check we it out on Spotify. <laughs> when she registered that podcast yeah. uh, last week, we should have known, hey, wait a minute. Hey, Something might be coming. What do you mean you got a podcast about peeing in the tub? So we, uh, this is our first podcast back after our little holiday break. Um, we, I guess, pretty stupidly flew across the country. Oh and boy! Visited some family and then uh, flew back all during a uh, crazy COVID spike. But we didn't get COVID. Isn't that weird, folks? And I'm sorry if if you got COVID because they say one in six of you have it. But if you had COVID this holiday season, I uh, our our thoughts and prayers are with you. But I, uh, not to rub it in, but. Man, were we dancing in the in the in front of the devil and, and just didn't get it? We Got were showing him our tits. Yeah. <laughs> we were and just doing giving him a show. We both were pretty. I mean, we completely regretted the trip once we realized. I mean, we had a great time. We had a great time. It's really not about it, but like no. But once we realized the health risk, yeah, it kind of ruined it a little bit. I mean, we realized them beforehand. We just kind of had no other option. Uh, other than going once we kind of purchased tickets that were far too expensive uh, and non-refundable. So it was like, um, kind of like sort of had our hands tied about the situation. And then we kind of like, just were like, okay, uh, we're going to, we're going to go. But it didn't like occur to me really how stupid it was like until like right before it happened. Yeah. And that's (laughs) me as well. I think that's most people. I think that was the news. Like I was paying attention to Twitter. I was paying attention to the news. It wasn't until like December 19th that people were like, cancel your plans. Don't go. And then by that point we were like, we're three days away from flying out. We can't cancel our plans. What will my little brother think? He won't understand that. 
Everything will crumble around us. So we flew out there. He's actually pretty smart. He probably would have understood. He would have. Yeah. When we were, when I uh, saw him, uh, when we first saw him, I asked him, we were going inside somewhere. I go, you got your mask? And he pulled out his mask and put it on his face. He goes, yeah, I'm not dumb. <laughs> so I think he does get <laughs> he's it. He's with it. He's very much with it. <laughs> he, he's on the right side of history. But um, it would have been disappointing for everybody and also us. I mean, we did want to go and actually spend some time with some family that we hadn't seen in a long time. This is Ashley's family. I mean, we spent a lot a lot of time with my family in New Jersey, as you guys uh, well know, listening to the last two years of podcast. <laughs> but uh, we yeah, lived there. Seeing Ashley's family is is kind of rare. Um, unfortunately, and so this was the time that we took the chance, and and uh, guess what? I mean, we 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 made it out of there without COVID, and we still can't believe super it. Super weird. It just feels weird. We've gotten <laughs> tested. We've done the rapid test. We've done the lab test. We've yeah. done it all, and it's just like wow. Is it, I I'm I'm like, did the double mask work? Because really? I'll tell you what, this plane ride back. Holy moly. First yes. off, all of the plane rides are getting canceled. Like Still, every time, by the way, as we record this, we're in like a two-day really? thing canceled. Yes, because I think there is a winter storm going on um, mm. in the East Coast right now. Sorry if you're there. but uh, We were pretty sure that our flight was going to be canceled. We were freaking out about it. Um, you know, Nick has to go back to his job and his computer was not with us. I chose to pack light folks. Yeah. So we yeah. were like, gosh, we have to get back to your computer. Cause that's where his job is. And, uh, our flight wasn't canceled miracle upon miracles, but we were on like the most, um, I don't know how to describe this. The most coffee flight. And I do mean C O U G H Y. Yeah. Everyone on this flight was coughing. Yeah. I've kind of gotten over like the fact that like if you're in public somewhere and somebody sneezes or coughs, like there was a good time where I was like furious and also like confused where I was like, what the fuck are these people doing? Now it's just like, you're going to cough, you're going to sneeze, it's just going to happen. Hopefully you're wearing a mask. I'm not too weird about it. But on a plane, man, I wish some of these people would have just sat home. Yeah, the plane <laughs> thing's on. weird, because there was one guy who was behind us and one row over, and he coughed. We were on a six-hour flight from North Carolina to Los Angeles. He coughed the entire time. Uh, and he was on the middle yeah. seat, in the middle seat. Yep. He was clearly in a pair with another person who was on the aisle seat, but there was a woman that was sitting on the uh, the window the window seat, and she was not with them. Mm -mm. And the middle seat guy was the guy who, if he had COVID, he was the one who had COVID. Yeah, like, yep. I kind of feel like shouldn't you have put that guy away from put the, him in the aisle or the put aisle. him in the on the uh, put window? Him, put him in the fucking cargo bay. Oh, in I the think. cargo bay. But uh, yeah, and you know, okay, listen, he was he was far enough away from us that we weren't really like affected by it. If he was right behind us, I think it would have been a little bit more. I was able to sort of tune him out after a while. But, like, this guy, I, I did see him, like, towards the end of the flight, once I realized, like, we were actually going to get off this plane, I started to look at this guy when he was coughing, and I really had pity on him, because he did not want to be coughing, mm. and every cough seemed like he had suppressed, like, 15 before it, mm. and so it was like, you know how it is, like, if you can't cough, and you the have, worst. like, a cough or something, like... Your eyes start watering. Especially, like, not even when you're like, oh, I, I have to clear my throat, because, you know... <clears throat> We do every once in a while. Absolutely. But like when you're sick and you have to suppress a cough, it's like a burning, horrible sensation. I felt bad for this guy. Um, and every once in a while, he had to let those coughs out. But, uh, you know, other than that, I think it was actually a pretty smooth 
travel situation. What about know? the woman next to you who kept uh, taking her shoes off and uh, had the mask around her nose, down pulled? She pulled did down. have a mask. Like when when you would take your mask down, you know, it's like we're all sitting. Like, hey, everybody's got to wear a mask unless uh, a flight attendant hands you a ginger ale, which is happening then, like forty <laughs> times. Then take that mask off for as long as it takes for you to finish that ginger ale. But as soon as that ginger ale is done, and not a second later, put that mask back on. And so I noticed this woman who's getting some water next to me. She would take her mask down and sip her water, and then she'd be done with the water, and the mask would stay down for like another five minutes or so. Annoyed me, but I also did understand the idea that like this is absolutely ridiculous. I'm six inches away from this woman who's breathing behind one paper mask. I'm clearly inhaling her, whatever is going on with her. She doesn't seem sick. I can't be too alarmed. And every so often I'd look over and yes, her nose was out. Mm. It's like, it's annoying as a thing, as we all know, all our, all the good Samaritans out there who are paying attention to the rules. We know like, yes, I'm wearing a mask. So you better wear a mask too. And when you don't see that, it's disappointing. Okay. That's annoying. I couldn't get too mad. Once again, I'm the guy and the asshole took the risk of flying over the holidays. During yeah. This spike in COVID. So, I'm not too upset about it. One thing that was positive about our flight is on the way there, leaving Los Angeles, we saw motherfucking Leslie Jordan, right? Yeah, Leslie Jordan, I think. (laughs) Uh, I I lost confidence in myself as I was saying his name. He's the little, and I do mean little, he's four foot eleven. Uh, Why'd you do it with an Irish? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) But uh, he's like big on Instagram now, but he's also like a character actor. Look him up. You've seen him in a bunch of sitcoms and movies. Um, Southern dude, uh, really tiny, gay guy, very funny. Uh, uh, You've seen him in a million things, but we saw him on our plane. Yeah, it was cool. And I thought that was really fun. And then I saw him on New Year's Eve. He was with uh, the Andes Ah. on CNN. He came out and did like a bit with them as well. So Nick's grandmother is his biggest fan. Yes, I'm sure he has a lot of biggest fans, but my grandmother, like who doesn't have access to so much, being a a woman of age, uh, has a cell phone that has Instagram on it where she just kind of scrolls and she just sort of found this dude uh you know i guess recommended to her and like don't i don't think she had any connection to him as far as being an actor beforehand but like will literally sit and scroll through his instagrams for hours yeah loves all loves and bought a shirt i bought a shirt for her for from him um and uh she has all these catchphrases and uh, uh lots of fun um and then i told my grandmother about it Hey, guess what? Guess who I saw? And I told her. And then he went, she went, wow, did you say anything to him? And I said, well, no, because of like COVID and like I'm not like going to bother somebody on the plane. And then she was like, oh, you should have said something to him. And I was (laughs) like, like what? Oh, just like my grandmother loves you. And I said, oh, okay, well. Unfortunately, I didn't say that. Sorry to disappoint you. What if you had just lied? And then we got off the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I should just start lying, right? Yeah, just be like, yeah, I told him all about you. He says you sound cool. I just like that, like... I'm like, finally, I have a, a something that is going to brighten my grandmother's day up. You know, she didn't get out much, especially these days. She needs stories to tell people, and she needs some sort of connection with humanity. And so this was it. This was my big thing that I was going to tell my grandma. And uh, it wasn't enough. 
wasn't she was disappointed that I didn't say mm. something to him. Mm. So I guess the search continues to yeah, to please next the time. search to continues to please our relatives and uh, strange friends. I'm gonna just start lying all the time. That's my New Year's goal. Just well, to lie to make people happy so they leave me alone. She, my grandmother literally has this joke that she tells you to to explain why she's telling you something else when she says she has nothing to tell people. Like she literally has a she was learned a joke and then uses the punchline of the joke in order to explain why she has no new stories. So I figured like, oh, this is going to be good because this will give her a little bit of something to tell people. But uh, no, and that joke is she tells people that there's a dead horse in the bathtub. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't really remember the joke, but like I go, what's new? And she goes, there's a dead horse in the bathtub. And then you go, ha ha ha, because I remember she told me some joke about it. Oh, so you I'm don't like, know the joke. I don't remember that joke. It has something to do with like a dead horse in a bathtub. I kind of hope that I'm that type of old lady because she gets like, um, she'll just get a phrase. She'll say a phrase and then she'll just say it for months and months. She gets cool catchphrases. Pull down your pants, slide down the ice. Take my advice, pull down your pants take and slide on the ice. Advice. And anytime I hear anybody say take my advice or I want to say take my yeah. advice, it comes up in my head. So I am happy about that. But Yeah, she's a little catchphrase generator. Well, you know, older folks, you know, they don't have it. There's just not enough that they could keep up with that they understand. So at a, at a point, I mean, really, I mean, think about being in your 80s or 90s. Right yeah, now. yeah. You're just like you have the books that you read. And you have the television show that you watch, right? I don't Which know. Which would be I the news like, in Jeopardy. I feel like I, there, I know old people who take in a lot of new information. I'm talking about relevant contemporary culture. Okay. Okay, yeah. Like oh, somebody could sit there and, talk, looks and listen to somebody talk about politics or like, you know, world government or COVID and stuff like that. But like any sort of actor, actress, TV show... Mm music for the most part 75 percent of what's being put out there is just not aimed at you and you you you, you missed the last 20 years of it you're saying so nanny's you not wanna... talking about yellow jackets right i mean she could be but it's like that's what's that on paramount plus or Showtime. something it's like yeah so uh, i mean far be it for me to say that older people are out of <laughs> out of luck when it comes to keeping up with pop culture yeah but like mm, I mean, this is a long way of saying, like, I'm giving you an inroad. I've sh- I've saw a celebrity that you know. Right. Now take this and run with it. I'm Enjoy. making a connection. And that, I got that rejected because I didn't do enough is mm-hmm. what I'm saying. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you got to learn a joke, I guess. So you could tell everybody your one joke. I mean, I feel for them. You know, what yeah. I mean? can you imagine trying to f- being over the age of 70 and trying to figure out, like, what the fuck is going on in music? Like... Yeah. It's just, it changed so much. I think from like when you were in the, you know, my, my grandparents are child's uh, children of the 50s. So like the 50s was like, taking my best lady to the boardwalk. That kind of translates all the way through the 80s. Yeah, you get a little rock and roll off of that. And then you get. It's like, yeah, like even like. New wave. Yeah, even like new wave kind of sounds like doo wop, you know. Yeah, like, you can you can hear its roots. <laughs> At this point, you'd put on music and you'd be like, "Show me what's popular," and you'd be like, "Beep bop boop bop." <laughs> it would sound like just like yeah, like robots communicating beep, or something. Boop, like, boop, 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 boop. 
you know, at least like, and they just got a hang of the fact that like rap is a thing, you yeah. know, but now when somebody's like, oh yeah, you mean like rap, like, oh, I'm on hippity yeah, hoppity. You're just like, no, sorry, grandma. Yeah. We don't like that shit anymore. Yeah. And they're like, but I just learned about <laughs> it. <laughs> like, sorry, that stuff actually is old and it sucks. And it's like, no, <laughs> you mean ice cube? It's like, who the fuck is that? <laughs> You know, I do feel for these people. So I'm just saying, if you're an older person out there and a young person tries to just kind of give you an olive olive branch to like their world by being like, I've seen a celebrity that, you know, here it is. Just say you're the best. I love you. Oh, you just want your grandma to say she loves you. That's just all. say This made me feel great. Thank you. And I love you. Instead of you disappointed me yes. yet again. Why didn't you do that? I thought I did. No. <laughs> Uh, all right end rant, end rant. Uh, anyway so uh we have a lot to discuss today and, yeah and, we um, really do we'll see what we can do and i'm just gonna gotta i'm gonna signpost it okay just so uh, we all know what's out out there on i the love table. this i love a little I, I love a path ashley and i have watched the past couple of uh week we've watched all the weeks of uh the challenge all-star season two loving it and uh, maybe we should talk a little bit about that just because it will fulfill some of our reality tv stuff and i know it's a big show out there we have a good challenge base of fans they may be watching as well so i think we should talk a little bit about that but you know what we actually did something that we haven't done in a very long time which is just binge and devour a recent reality show so there's a show on netflix called 20 somethings austin and guys it's basically the real world, but for Gen Z and Millsy and all that stuff. And also, we've been watching the real world. We've been watching a lot of reality television. But I think we should just talk about, um, we should really talk about 20-somethings. Probably, yeah. Because I, I think people are watching it out there. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen so much of it. it. You know, and I think the problem is it's not a competition. Like, the circle gets so much play because people get, like, so excited about who's going to win, who's going to win. Yeah. 20-somethings is a real throwback. There is no winner or loser. Uh, it's just, it was eight uh, peep kids, basically. 20-somethings. Uh, 20-somethings. I think the oldest was maybe 26. They were picked to live in like two different like uh, houses in Austin, Texas. Uh, four gals in one house, Wait, four on. guys in the other. Sorry, not to interrupt, but there's like a term for the type of houses they lived in, which is that those houses were connected by like a shared yard and pool. So they were in separate houses, but they were also like husband and wife houses. I don't know. You know what I mean? They were connected. I, I mean, I noticed that they did share a pool, but I didn't realize that that was a style of house. Yeah, where like houses share a yard and a pool and stuff. Keep going. Well, um, yeah, that's basically it. Do you need to check that text? No, no. Why? Okay, you got a text. No, I put my stuff on airplane. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so 20-something, they, they live in these two houses in Austin, but the idea is that they're like kind of in one house. Um, and... It's exactly like the real world, except there's no conflict, really. Like, the, I think the real world was all about, like, let's throw these different personalities in there and see how they react and watch the explosions as a homophobe has to be roommates with a gay guy. Right. But um, there were no homophobes on this. Yeah. There, were, there was tension between, like, a couple who started out as friends with benefits and then the girl called it off and the guy started dating another girl in the girl's house. And so there was some romantic tension, but even that was pretty much handled like adults. Yeah. 
I liked it. I mean, there wasn't real drama. There was just some real drama. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was like real like, life stuff. They yes. were trying to get jobs. And, and uh, it was, I mean, as we like to say on this podcast, full disclosure, I mean, we started watching this because uh, we were on a flight and I downloaded a bunch of episodes because I thought it would, you know, help. And it did. Help my flight anxiety. And we, it did. I love a distraction. We watched it, them up pretty much the whole show, uh, half uh, on the way there, half on the way back. And then we kind of finished the last couple episodes here in our home. And I think all the way through, we really enjoyed uh, the show. It's kind of just like nice, you know, and but not in, in the way that like great British baking show is nice. But close. This is like the closest we come to that show, I feel like, in America. Like it was like... It was it was pleasing. There was something like kind of calming about watching it. And like I said, it was just like the real world, but somehow way more successful in execution. And I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's because they had the guys and the gals living in different houses and that cut down on some conflict. Um, I don't know what it what do you think it was? Why was this like more interesting to watch than let's say the last season of the real world, which was go big or go home that we watched Kayla's season. The real world just has to have conflict. This didn't have to have conflict. It just naturally came about. Also, there was no goal here. They they sort of made it feel like that they had to get jobs because like the whole conceit was like these are people trying to figure out if they can find themselves in Austin. It's mm. not just like we're here and then we leave when it's over. Did feel like, well, we moved here. Am I going to stay here forever? Will mm-hmm. I find myself here? And mm-hmm. it's like so there was like a little bit of like a loose journey that people were on, but um it did not get in the way of just like seeing like people interact and kind of coexist and be a 20-something in Austin. You know what? Also, I think you said this um, when we were talking about it off pod, but that casting was really successful because everyone was pretty interesting on this show. There was one guy who chose to go home, though, which always infuriates me. And he was the least interesting guy on the show, so I was glad that he it was him and not somebody else. Yeah. Um, the person that went home is this um, uh, ripped gentleman yeah ripped white guy from south carolina bruce, bruce. I think his name. um and i think the idea would be like okay we're bringing a couple of people that aren't super straight into here we're, we're bringing a couple of people that are not white people in here and maybe bruce would be like the person who it's like south carolina bruce bro guy is he gonna like keanu who is not a straight white guy <laughs> and immediately they were just like best friends they were the best literally like crying when they were like leaving and And there was no like they did not make it feel to us like oh they're gonna clash no not at all it was just my like reality tv brain being like okay so bruce is gonna be a problem right next bruce said to kiki your burden is our burden and I was like, wow, because yeah. Kiki was had some something sad happened with a family member. But um, and Bruce was telling him it's OK to cry like your pain. We share you this burden with you. Do you smell chocolate chip cookies right now? No. OK, I don't. I think this is microphone. Were you munching on some cookies with this microphone? Oh, That's my cookie microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, the diet's no. off the rails, by the way, y'all. It'll get on the rails. I have to go to Las. I have to. I'm going to Las Vegas in two weeks. So I. I just know that if I start any real diet, I can't. I will not be able to hold it up in Las Vegas. Yeah, in two you gotta weeks, get those buffets. 
Uh, I don't. The, the guys I'm going with don't like the buffets. Who doesn't also, like a buffet it's like in COVID. the time of COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, if I don't have COVID now, definitely gonna get it Vegas. Oh, babe, you can't go to Vegas. It's off. Trips off. Actually, you gotta wear masks in at the tables. Good. So there you go. That's good. Safest place to be. So, anywho, um, let's talk a little bit about the cast because this, if any, if nothing, was just like a cast of interesting folks yeah. that kind of uh, held my attention for twelve episodes. Agreed. Um, uh, I think we should probably. We want to start with the houses. The the yeah. let's start. Let's start with the ladies. Okay, go for it. Okay, so I'm gonna say the ones that I remember, and then you're gonna grab your phone and try and see if you can get the cast for the. But uh, clearly, the lead of the show, I think, was uh, a woman named Abby, and she was only the lead because she caused the most drama. She I did. think she did. She got the most screen time. Um, she had an interesting story, you know, she was a, uh, I, I think she was from Dallas or something like she was, she had been to Austin a few times. Um, and she was, uh, obviously 20 something and, uh, now I'll, I'll t- here's your phone right here. And, uh, so she was hot. She was blonde. She was thin. She was a white woman. She and, was your classic. And she, her, her story was that she had been married and divorced and they met while working in fast food. And then she became a little housewife and they grew apart and she's also bisexual and she's bisexual. Now she gets involved with one of the other roommates pretty much immediately. And that becomes, I would say the one of the main storylines throughout the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could talk about who she got involved with when we get to him. Okay. Um, next. You don't want to just say his name? Well, I don't I don't rem- actually remember his name. But oh. we'll, we'll get to him when we get to him. Okay. Uh, next is, from what I can remember. His name was Kamari. Roxy. Roxy. Roxy is like. I don't know what she does. She should Raquel? be a model. She's She's got to be a model. She's very uh, tall. She's from Florida, I the think. The IT technician, 25, moved to Austin to immerse herself in the tech scene after being one of the only black women in IT in Florida. Okay. You would not know that if you watch this show. She does nothing with tech. We don't see her try to get a job. Um, you only see Roxy at the very beginning because she has a crush on one of the castmates. And then again at the very end because she has a crush on another castmate. And she also has like a really, um, I feel like a strong friendship with Natalie. You see her and Natalie a lot. And her and the other one, the um, the little one with the fashion line. What was her name? Isha. Is that her name? Her, yes. Isha and Roxy hung out together a lot. They supported each other because Natalie and Keanu actually had the friendship. I feel like those were the two strong friendships after Bruce left mid show. Keanu and Natalie became very close and ended up actually getting an apartment together. Spoiler alert. So so Natalie is is a uh, Cuban-American from Miami um, and she is comes from a very, I guess, conservative valued household. She is, was not allowed to date. She was not allowed to party. So she hasn't done really anything. Uh, and has I guess she mentioned that she only hooked up with one guy a couple of times. She was actively looking for love yes. in Austin. She wanted to sow some wild oats, but she mm-hmm. also wanted to basically just become a human, a yeah. person, a fully yeah. formed adult. I think uh, she mentioned at one point that her dad had cameras in the house yes. monitoring all of their yes, actions. Yes, yes. 
So uh, she, um, you know, was, she felt at first, I think, a little nervous about being in this situation, mostly from her experience uh, seeing that she was basically the only person who was not pretty skinny. Mm -hmm. Um, Guys and gals, uh, she was sort of the thickest person in the the crew. Um, And I think that made her a little self-conscious, but legit did not uh, get in the way of her like opening up and becoming probably I would say top three as far as like possible uh, star personalities. Absolutely. My opinion. She was fun. She was funny. She's cute as hell. She did. You know, she mentions having some body issues, I feel like. But it's too bad because she should really embrace her it girlness because she was a star. I found the most probably one of the more fascinating story. By the way, there's just going to be spoilers in this. So if you're not. Yeah, I mean, we've already spoiled a bunch. So but there's no like winner. So it's like, who cares? You just watch it to see these people kind of exist. But I thought probably the one of the more interesting episodes slash storylines were, you know, the fact that Natalie just doesn't seem like she has had a lot of attention. Yeah. That she hadn't felt the male gaze in the way that she wants to. Yeah. So they all. Basically, I guess maybe they told them to sign up for Hinge. It seems to be Hinge was the app because they wanted them all dating. So she signed up for Hinge and met a guy on Hinge, and that guy sent her a dick pic. Unsolicited. And she was pretty pumped by the situation and sort of cross-referenced it with uh, her roommates. And the girls were like, that's a red flag. Do not respond to this guy at all. And And she's like, I kind of like it. She was like, I kind of like that. He kind of put himself out there and I'm, I'm not, I've never had this happen to me before. So can, am I allowed to just kind of see where this goes? And they were all like, be careful. And then, so she set up a date with this guy uh, to show up at a bar and the guy no showed. Yeah. Which was a shame. It was a weird episode, but I thought I'd never seen anything like that before on television. And I think for a a person who's not like um, ever in a position to receive a dick pic myself. Yeah. I think it was kind of enlightening to see how, uh, you know, women... You know, a dick pic is an act of violence. An unsolicited dick pic is an act of violence. So to me, it was sad that she was like so hungry for male attention that she was like this. She she interpreted it as a, you know, a compliment, like instead of what it is, which is a power move. I'm going to show you my dick, whether you want it or not, is really what was going on. Um, but she was so cute and so wonderful. And then the fourth woman in the house was dun, 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 dun. Isha. Yes. She had a clothing line called Hut Mentality. She's she's short, she's little, she's cute as hell, she's fun, she's from California. Um, strong relationship with her mom, lots of FaceTiming, lots of like my mom's gotta respect the guy I date. And she had like a set there was a second where she had a crush on Bruce. But it quickly changed and went over to Michael, another possible uh, star, contender for star of the show. We saw Michael. Michael is pursuing stand-up in Austin. He moved there from Los Angeles. He's 23. He's never had a girlfriend. He's a virgin. And we saw him do, on this show, we saw him do stand-up three different times. So that is how much they were pushing Michael on us. Because we barely got to see Roxy do anything at all. I don't know what Roxy was doing 
in Austin besides dating, having a little bit of a flirt with Michael in the beginning, and then having something more serious with Kamari at the end. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that Michael was from L.A. and moved to Austin for stand-up. It's like you're moving from a place that has so much stand-up to a place that has way less stand-up. But it, uh, you know, I, yeah. I get it. There, You know, when I, I was thinking about moving somewhere to, you know, to perform stand-up, uh, picking like a college based on it, I remember sort of going through the idea of being like, well, do I want to live in New York and just like be in it? Or do I want to like try it somewhere else? And uh, I ended up picking New York, basically. So, yeah, the hardest place to do stand-up, Yeah, I mean, arguably. honestly, it's not a bad idea. But the thing is now everybody sees you everywhere, but it's not, yeah. a, not a bad idea to try and get really good somewhere where no one sees you and then move to one of these big cities after, um, which I think what, what is what he was trying to do. Um, or he was cast on a show that was filming in Austin and he goes, sure, I can do Austin. I can do stand up in Austin. Yeah. Um, he was fun. We liked him. He was charming. He, you know, he kind of had like a little bit of a clueless air, well, but he's a virgin. That's he's a, big, a virgin. That's yeah. a big thing. He's, he admits to us and then to the rest of the cast that he's a virgin, but doesn't seem, and his whole thing was like, yeah, I don't have really any experience with women and I haven't really gone, I haven't had a date really. And immediately uh roxy is into him who is like a huge babe like a big babe she is i think the most attractive person i think uh yeah objectively yeah she looks like a barbie doll yeah super big babe um super big babe. him and like he doesn't realize it yeah he blows it with her then he tells her he's she's like why aren't you like showing anything and he's like i'm a virgin and, and she's, she's like, like okay, okay i'm, I'm good. Out. <laughs> Um, and then later, and sticks with it, Isha has a big crush on him, and they basically date on this show, and she is also out of his league. Isha is so freaking cute, and I think that um, them dating, it's kind of like this classic like nerdy guy with super girly girl uh, lady. It's, it's a wonderful pairing this that pairing I, I like the way they worked together she was a big nerd though you could tell she was a big nerd yeah. her sense of humor was very kind of nerdy and and nick kind kept of, saying she's only got hot in the last couple of years yes <laughs> I, I think that she probably i mean she looks so pretty like put together a fashion designer like i'm sure it was fine but like you know there was some sort of like, you know, when you when you're born just gorgeous, you know, you don't kind of develop this sort of humble attitude when it comes to like how you interact with the opposite sex or who you're attracted to. And I think you eventually develop that, uh, you know, through rejection and feeling weird. And so when somebody is baseline, super attractive, but they have that attitude mm -hmm. to me, I feel like, oh, this was you had you you earned where you are right now. You weren't just given this. Right. Um, you know, I, I think maybe you can even call it the Topanga, ah. you know, where it's just like weirdo person who, you know, maybe felt weird in school and ostracized and then like, boom, high school shows up. Let's make Topanga hot. And they make Topanga hot. And now she's like the hottest. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of how it works. That's boy meets world folks. If you know, um, so yeah, I felt like that, but it does go to show you just like. People who are not in comedy, you know, if you're just like, 
sort of funny, like a funny person. People think you're hilarious, even though like you're bombing yes. at open mics. Yes. I thought that Michael's portrayal of a young person starting stand-up comedy was about as mo- the most honest portrayal I've seen about a stand-up comic in yeah. a long time. I loved it. They didn't sweeten the parts where he was performing to make him look terrible, and it doesn't look like they made him look horrible. He just had his jokes, and you're at an open mic, and most of the people there are kind of looking at their own jokes and not paying attention to you, and so you're working on stuff, and then you wait a week, and you go there, and you're so excited because you wrote all these jokes this week, and you get a couple of titters here and there. and Maybe you feel a like, tat. And you feel like a fucking idiot, and you leave. And then you want to kill yourself. <laughs> There was a moment where he bombs at this open mic and he goes back to the house and he goes in his room and he just throws his clothes all over the place. Yeah, it was pretty great. Uh, Which is like you have those moments, you know. But, you know, what was interesting is I thought Michael's jokes were kind of funny. He was writing jokes, which was nice. Yes, they were real jokes. They were actual jokes. They weren't just like, so in fifth grade, I was like. uh, They had all turns and he was clearly a writer. And I I always appreciate that as uh, somebody performing. And um, he, what I thought was interesting was like, you could tell where he would probably shed a few of his bits like he had too many too much stuff about like alluding to the fact that he was like a pedophile or something yeah like he had like a lot of those kind of jokes which like they were like i could respect the craft of what he was doing well they were basically because the camera crew was there so he kept like being like right. there's all these cameras i'm gonna be in an episode of dateline yes like and he, that just shows me he was trying to make things seem comfortable instead of and like then he had odd. this one line that he did twice so like comedy in a park i'm usually not allowed be- right but uh near 50 feet near a park something like that yeah. and it's just like okay but then he had a couple of jokes that were good that had like a few turns and twists that i was like oh this is like a fun joke and, yeah he um, wasn't he, i thought it was going to be insufferable and i ended up rooting for him yes. so that tells you a lot about michael and then finally the last male in the house besides the replacement oh i don't even well, remember his name we didn't talk about any of the men we talked about bruce yeah Oh, and we talked about Keanu, but I guess we didn't really... We didn't really talk about Keanu at all. Okay, well, I was going to say... I was going to talk about Kamari, and then we'll do Keanu. Okay, cool. Oh, so... Okay, okay, so Kamari was... He's a model from North Carolina. He loves to play the field, but hopes to eventually find the one in Texas. For now, the self-proclaimed neat freak enjoying most enjoys most of his time in the gym. Interesting that that's in his bio, that he's a neat freak, um, because that was put together by a PR team for Netflix, and they did not show that once in the... He said that he was a neat freak, freak a couple of times. Neat freak. And uh, you saw him making his bed in the morning. Oh, I that totally was lost on me. Um, yeah, he did say that a couple of times. Uh, Kamari was, you know, he looks like he is a male model. He he's looked, beautiful. He looks like a male model. He's gorgeous. Um, he's, and this idea that he's kind of looking for the one is a lie. Absolutely he's, a lie. He's he, having fun. He's having a good time hooking up with anybody that he chooses to. Yeah, he got into a flirt mance, which quickly turned into a friends with benefits, which was quickly ended with Abby because she caught feelings. Yeah, at the Abby Kamari situation is probably going to, if you're, if you're looking for a long-standing storyline in this, it's the Abby Kamari situation because it happens basically at the very end and we're still sort of touching on it. Or at the very beginning, and we're still sort of touching on it 
uh, at the very end. Yeah, true, true, true. Um, and then last but not least, Keanu, who uh, is 28. So he's the oldest in the house. And he's just, he's a gay man who just recently came out three years ago. Um, he's from Arkansas. He's never been kissed. And he's hoping to embrace his true self in Austin and maybe find real love for the first time. I mean, what a little cutie pie. Uh, yeah, he's great. Um, great energy, great personality for the show. Does get his first kiss. Don't know if he found his one and only someone, but I don't think it really matters because he's able to sort of live a uh, gay life in Austin that he hasn't been able to live while living at home or wherever mm -hmm. he was previous to this. Mm -hmm. uh, and he seems like, you know, he immediately sort of came into his own there. Um, and, uh, as we said before, he and Natalie gets to get an apartment together after the show. Yeah. Which is really cute. I like that they're still friends and that they're making it work. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a big recommendation for Mash and I here. You can do it in, in a couple of afternoons. Uh, you no can do it on a flight to and from. And, and the fact that there was North a, Carolina. there was a subtitle to it or, uh, you know, it's uh, 20 somethings Austin tells me that they're going to maybe do a different city with a new cast, which I'm excited about. Who knows? Maybe they'll bring the cast back. We don't know. Still looking for a reunion. I know they dropped like half of a season and then another half. Ash and I didn't start watching it till it was all out. Yeah. But there's no reunion. That was kind of a bummer. I want a reunion. Yeah. I don't know if they could have a reunion Dude, because it Zoom. would just be like, no, I mean like they would just be like, yeah, we, we're, we're still in touch and we like each other. Like reunions are usually uh, time well, when they're like, I saw what you said about me on Twitter. But these people no, like all drag. Like, we know. Don't you want to know what Abby's doing? If he's she's over Kamari, don't you want to know if Isha and Michael are together don't you want to know if Natalie ever got laid you know yeah I know that Roxy and um, Kamari are still together they live together well, there you go I didn't there know that, Found that out to, on that, that could have been a fun reveal on the uh, whatever but. it's interesting because we are also watching the real world the um, real uh, world Key, Key West, West season 17 2006 Johnny Bananas season Paula Paula's season um, and it's, it's so different than the 20 something. All these people do is get blackout drunk and fight with each other and scream and yell so much to the point that Paula is like pushed to the edge to start therapy, which she needs. Oh, desperately. Desperately. In this show. It's, it's the Paula show. Every really episode is. is the exact same episode of that season where, um, basically you just follow Johnny around doing like, like teasing people and then, then at the end of the night paula gets super drunk and she has a really high-pitched voice she has a meltdown she, she has a meltdown yeah she attacks johnny she picks a fight with johnny and then johnny just will say something like shut up you haven't eaten in a week and your skin your scabs never heal because you keep picking them and then it's like and then it's, it's on then it's fucking on right now we're at the point of the show where her ex-boyfriend keith who, keith who put her in the hospital, which she mentions over and over again on this show, is now has sent her a care package uh, as a congratulations for opening up the spray tan place that they're all working <laughs> at. And uh, she, in that care package, there is a bottle of Cristal. This is she so 2007, by the yeah. way. Spray tans, Johnny yeah. Bananas, Cristal, Key West. She's like, is this what I world. think it is? And they're like, it's Cristal. Yeah. yeah, they like and, look it up on eBay. It's like two hundred bucks. Yeah, and she's so ex she's so excited. 
Um, and I guess Keith is going to come visit, which I can't believe that they're doing this. Yeah. He, <laughs> Keith, he Keith beat her up to the point where she's in the hospital a few times. And I think. he's like, basically we hear his voice like begging for forgiveness for like uh, an entire season. And now Keith sent her some champagne. So now he's going to be invited to the real world house. She's also so skinny. I would say the, the standout for me in this sh- season um, is Tyler. Uh, Tyler, a great reality star. I mean, I would say an all-timer when it comes to the real world. I I think you kind of forget about Tyler a little bit. Now, Tyler was on All-Stars, but unfortunately he got kicked off Mm. or he got, uh, you know, he got the boot a couple episodes ago. I mean, like what, episode three or four or something? Early. Early. But Tyler is so good to the point where I, I think Ashley and I, we talked about it, but when this season of The Real World is over... Um, I think maybe we'll pop on the challenge that this season's cast kind of goes into, which I believe is Zach, Johnny, Tyler, and Paula. Mm-hmm. Zach, who is like a nothing on this show, but I guess he's got some, he's an interesting guy. He's from mm. Portland or something. Is he interesting? And plays tennis. I don't know. He is like, the, the one interesting part about it is he's, uh, He's made, oh no, it's not Zach, it's Svetlana. Excuse me, how could I forget about Svetlana? What do you mean? I thought the four people that they brought in for the challenge, because at oh, that point- they don't it, bring Zach in? No, I, at this at this point in the challenge, um, it was pretty normal to always have four cast members from the last real world to come on the oh, show. So it's, they, so I believe it's Svetlana, Paula. I know it's Paula, Johnny, Tyler. Yeah. Because they're mainstays for like four or five seasons, um, and some way longer. But uh, Svetlana, who's on like, uh, she she's kind of annoying on the challenge for a couple seasons. Svetlana. I thought she only did one season. I think she did like two or three oh. um, seasons. But uh, Svetlana is just not cool. She's like, uh, yeah, she she's sucks. too young on the show. She's like 19. And she's like naive and dumb. She's like and spoiled. <laughs> she says weird things about gay people. And yeah. she's very spoiled. And But. Yeah, but I believe she's kind of like a big bust on the challenge. She may have some moments. They may have. She may have won. Actually, she does, and I'm pretty sure she only went on one season. Oh, you keep okay. talking while I look it up. We don't need to know. But Ashley was snooping around on some of this cast. Wanted to know what was going on. With Svetlana sent me a link to the fact that Svetlana put uh, took a restraining order out in 2014 on the singer of Incubus. Um, and the singer of Incubus people said that they've never met her and they don't know what she is. And you can't find any follow-ups. She's on only this been on one season. Order. And she wins. Mm-hmm. So she wins the, this season coming in. Wow. I don't remember her enjoying the experience. Mm. But she is a winner. Um, and then uh, also, I mean, it's not a bad cast because you also get, uh, what's her name? Janelle, who is currently... Still on All Stars. Yeah. Um, and she came in for a couple of seasons of the challenge as well. So as far as like a season that has characters on it, this is a pretty good season. Because you can kind of bounce around to like seasons around there and you just would never have any inkling on who these people were. Yeah. You know, they just didn't have the stuff. And Key West seemed to have the stuff. Yeah, they really did have the stuff. Um, I'm enjoying watching the season, even though it is kind of like Nick said, sort of the Paula show where it follows a certain formula every episode. It's super triggering. Like if you have any problems with eating and all that stuff, like it's just not the one. I don't know that they're treating it in a way that's sensitive enough for 2022. No, if you have uh, problems, any sort of like food, uh, weight insecurity, if you have... 
you know, if you're triggered by homophobia or sexism, <laughs> this is not the season yeah. to watch. But Tyler's ownership of everything that he's about is pretty, uh, pretty yeah. nice. Uh, Johnny throwing the F word around, though. Johnny's throwing the F word around. But Johnny also comes out as like a hero in this show over and over again. Does he? Yes. He Janelle's top off as she screamed and, no but, last night. And then I thought, well, here's the thing, because I, I always like, you know, it's like, well, that would have been a done deal for him. He would have been thrown off the show and et cetera, et cetera. Man, they just buttoned that up, gave him an apology at the end of the episode. They hugged it out, and now Johnny's a good guy again. Like, yeah. So different on how things would have been taken care of like 10 years later. Yeah, they but, would never be on MTV again. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Johnny, yeah, not, not. I mean, he's, he's pissed off. Anybody that is not exactly like him on the show, he's said like some horrible things to so far, but. Yeah, he's. He's clearly, oh, he's just such a type of character. He's such a Johnny a Bananas type. type of guy that luckily I am never around anymore. Like what, I feel like guy? I was, I was around like guys like that in high school and bro college. guys, bro frat guys. Yeah, yeah, but like they comedy really weeds those guys out for the most part. Well, because they don't get laughs. Nobody likes that guy really. Yeah, I mean, and, and if the they when, do, it's they just like go different... joke. They're on Joe Rogan's podcast. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, any comedian who's like, I think bullying is important. Yeah. It's just like, you know, it's that's like, okay, we're We're not friends. <laughs> um, so, I mean, we talked about Tyler a little bit and, and some of this all stars, but I mean, let's see, let's, by the way, big spoiler on all stars. So if you're not caught up, we're just going to talk about that for a little bit. But, uh, so let's reverse engineer it last week who was thrown off. Cause there's been so many like didn't complete the mission, had mm -hmm, to just go mm -hmm, home, mm -hmm. throw off this season. I think this season isn't as good as season one. Um, I like think? this season more. You do? Yeah. Why? I like that Derek went home pretty early. He yeah, annoys the I, hell out of me. I, I don't like Derek. Yeah, I'm glad that he went home. Um, I think that Ayana is like a crazy person, she but she's is. also so entertaining. That whole thing with the Greek salad. Yes, last episode where she ate Jody's Greek salad, admitted to it after they did not vote her in. Yeah. They kept her around, and then she admitted and to the salad. And then she looked at Jody. She's like, Jody? I ate your salad. I ate it with my hands. I saw it sitting there. I know you paid for it with your money. And Jody's just like, okay. Okay. Don't um, call me privileged then. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was like. Really weird. Weird and fun. And Ayana is a weirdo. She's given us good TV she though. She is. Very intense person. And now I'm also really into Nehemiah. At the beginning of the season, I was like, ugh, Nehemiah's trying too hard. But like Nehemiah and Melinda, is that her name? Yes. I I enjoy them those two a lot. I like that pairing. I'm sad that um what's his name is gone. Who was Latarian? Yeah, I'm sad Latarian's gone. I I enjoy the king's castle or king's yeah. room. The king's the, the, the king's the throne. King's castle or, is, is, yeah, is great. I like that alliance. You know, I I'm glad we're barely seeing Brad. I'm glad we're barely seeing these other characters. Brad's so weird. You know, he's just a weird guy. He really uh, is. He may end up winning the show, but he is I a hope weird he guy. I hope Nehemiah and Melinda win. Um. Yeah, it's a, it's good. Tech is, I mean, I feel like Tech is like thrown in every ep week and then gets saved by some other outside forces every yeah. week. I can't believe Tech is still around, but he is. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I uh, the last episode there was a moment where John A. 
And uh, who's that big dude uh, with the curly hair? Yeah, like AJ or something. Nah, I forgot his name. Oh, uh, uh, I don't know. He's like got blonde curly hair. He's huge. He's not Steve, who I also enjoyed at the beginning of the season when he laughed at Derek's outfit. <laughs> Landon. No. No. Landon's the Just other guy. Just curly hair guy. What's your point? MJ. Yeah, I said AJ. And I said close. and I said no. <laughs> that was pretty close. MJ. Uh, there was a moment. There, Johnny and MJ are now. Um, partners for the rest of the game there was a moment where they almost threw in brad and jody or whoever it was to yeah. like on their own side what a mistake Boy, what a mistake not doing that what a mistake not doing that um but yeah we'll see now it's it's interesting it seems like all of the alliances are now like head to head and and uh it's going and there's one more maybe challenge before the final um who knows i it- i think so yeah because this last challenge or this last elimination tj was like nehemiah spoiler alert nehemiah and melinda win and tj said you guys get the last two life shields i'll see you in my final right um so that means there's one more elimination on the table before they go to the final another thing that's fun about all stars is that tj is having fun like whole spies lies and allies tj just like looks so serious clearly doesn't want to be there seems to have disdain for these people but in all-stars he's like smiling he's laughing you know all-stars is really outshining the main show it is the main show was hard to watch this year in my opinion um really watching some of these old real worlds and then watching the old format over on all-stars i mean i'm not the first to say it it's not even the first time i'm saying it here bring back some old format bring back Dario, okay, bring back Dari, D- Dario. What's his name? Darius. Dario. Dario. Yeah. Is that his name? Dario the twin. Yeah. Bring him back. Why? Bring back Brittany. <laughs> Why him? <laughs> bring back Dirty Thirty era people minus Camilla. Um, get stop casting CT. I do I not want to watch another. I CT think it's time. Season. What about you? I think it's time. I think it's time too. What no, else? Well, no. I mean, I think it's time to, to what? just unlock the cage and allow. Cara and Polly back into this show. I think it's time. Yeah, I'd love to see them back. I think yeah. I think they I think the show needs them. And I think it's like, okay, CT doesn't get a call next year. I yeah, think. don't fucking call CT. Stop calling. I think you CT. don't call CT. I think you don't call um a few people. Who would you not call? Um, from this cast, you get to call five people. Who are the five people you call from the I, most I recent can't, season? I can't remember. I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell you who I call. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to call Amanda. I'm going to call Ashley. I'm going to call Fessy. I'm going to call Josh. And I'm going to call... Shoot. I got one more. One freaking more. That's pretty easy. What? Nelson. Yeah, I guess it is Nelson. Because the way Nelson laughed yeah, made it feel Nelson. like Nelson, right. Nelson's now the new like Leroy, where it's Shit. like he never gets. Well, what about to win Tori? Tori, I think you got to call as well. Okay, so that's six calls. That's six calls. I think you call Tori as well. Okay, um, who are your six? I mean, that's pretty close to who it is. I, I just don't. I think Casey can't come back. She's yeah. just not good TV. I think Nani. It's time for Nani. To Tired just of Nani. Hang it up. Um, Tired of Anissa. She just gets. Yeah, it's, uh, we Anissa, love Anissa. We're a big Anissa household. Sure. She just, just gets hurt. Put her every back season. on All Stars. Yeah. You know, it's. I don't need her here. If Jordan, by the way, spoiler alert, Jordan going to be on All-Stars 3. Can't wait for that. If Jordan is going to be on All-Stars 3, I think you can start moving, you know, CT in All-Stars. No, don't bring CT on any more challenges. I don't know. Like, CT is just going to sweep up whatever show he's on. Don't bring him back. He's a millionaire. He doesn't have to do this every season. he's, He's such a 
uh, a mainstay. It's tough. He doesn't bring he anything to the show. He doesn't host. bring any drama. He's not hooking up with anyone. He just wins at the end. And he's mean to Big T. I'm so tired of CT. So All-Stars are very good. <laughs> the regular show, not so much in my opinion, but that's okay. Um, and uh, I guess that's it. I mean, do you have anything else you'd like to mention? Yeah, well, we watched Don't Look Up, which I right. love. We watched some movies. And we watched The French Dispatch, which I loved. Yes, the both both of those movies, if you get a chance, you should watch. Don't yeah. Look Up is on Netflix, so if you have Netflix... That movie, I feel like it should be required watching. I love Don't Look Up so much. And it's interesting because critics are not loving it. And I don't understand. Viewers, the audience loves it. Critics do not. What don't they like about it? I haven't read anything. I've just heard people say critics don't like it. And I go, really? And then people go, yeah, isn't that weird? And I go, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was, uh, it's Adam McKay who makes most of uh, the Will Ferrell movies, but he wrote and directed this. And it's... You know, uh, kind of like a, uh, is it a farce? What is this thing? Um, I guess of, you uh, could say it's kind of like a satire a little yeah, bit. Yeah, something like that. Hey, you know Adam McKay's seen me? He's seen a video of me. Whoa. Yeah, how's that make you feel, Nick? Sad. Why? I thought you thought it would be cool. No, it makes Your me sad. Your future wife has been seen by Adam McKay. Yeah, that's sad. Why? Because you're still here. You should be up in the. Yeah, you're right. You should be up in the stratos. Yeah, I should. He um he he watched the fluffer, the Dan Saint Germain video uh, I was in. Watch that, guys. Yeah, with Danny Solomon from like ten years ago. Um, yeah, probably looks terrible. Uh, on our our TV. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Adam had a, a nice camera. The director. Not Adam McKay. Um, Adam so, Wartz. So. Uh, yeah, Don't Look Up is about a comet that's going to hit Earth and people basically politicize it just kind of like, I don't know, COVID. Um, and uh, it's funny and it's interesting and it's depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's all those things. The characters in it are great. And yep. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio does a really good job. Uh, who's that? Jennifer Lawrence also. Oh, yeah. Meryl Streep. Meryl Kate Streep. Blanchett. Jesus Christ. Meryl Streep is so fucking good so good it's uh nuts how she could just keep playing different characters and you're just like you're really great in everything you ever done yeah um i would say my least favorite part of i would say my least favorite um what's the dude who plays her son jonah hill yeah jonah hill is my least favorite part what he was so funny i'm not interested in jonah hill just doing jonah the jonah oh my hill god thing he made me longer. laugh so hard i just i disagree wasn't a fan i, I think that's your jealousy no not my just not my con i felt like it was too like it's sort of like a character you would see like 10 years ago that he would play. I mean, at and, times uh, it did feel like, um, what was that show we used to watch? Vice President? Yeah, there was too much veep happening maybe in, in some times. of that. But uh, I don't know. I can't. I, I thought it was so good. I think everyone should watch it. It was a good movie. Maybe 20 minutes too long. That's my only critique. Loved it. Um, and the other movie we watched was French Dispatch. Uh, yeah, Wes Anderson. The new Wes Anderson. Uh, which is just a gorgeous movie. Very pretty. Um, yeah, kind of I, funny. Kind of sad. Gorgeous, though. Just really a good... It looked like a play and a cartoon. And a, yeah. It was just really great. Um, and uh, the character stuff. I'll tell you, Timothy, Timothy Chalamet in both of these movies. And yeah. And he was good in both of them. 
So yeah, he's go. the best. He is good. I don't know how he's so good all the time, but he's he so seems good. like he's just really just one of these guys who are just going to be good. He was so good in Little Women. And so he's just going to be like, what? He's going to be like Nicholson or something? Or like, Leonardo DiCaprio. Or DiCaprio. Yeah. He's just that guy, I guess. Yeah, he's just going to be in movies forever and ever, and, and we're just going to love everything he does. I think so. Fascinating. Um, I like the French French Dispatch, I think, a little bit more than Don't Look Up. How about you? Oh, wow. Interesting. I liked visually the French Dispatch, and I thought, man, this is like such a good movie. I think it's going to be my favorite movie of the year. And then I just emotionally and mentally enjoyed Don't Look Up much more. Yeah. It was just a little too much like, ah, oh, fuck, we're still doing this, though. It's like, this is happening to me right now, like how I feel. Like with the comet and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean it is it is disturbing. Yeah, it was just like almost like the disturbing nature of it was just like almost was like too much for me to like say this movie is a great movie. You know what I mean? No, it's so necessary. Everyone should watch it. Make your kids watch it. Make your grandparents watch it. Make your fucking cat watch it. We did, folks. That has been the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Follow us on all platforms. Uh, rate us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. And uh, go ahead and watch some of my vlogs over there on youtube.com forward slash Nick Maritato. I usually leave the link in the description if you're interested in watching some of that stuff. Ash and I go to Disneyland a couple of times. Uh, some of me searching uh, Goodwills for VHS tapes. A lot of goofy yet fun stuff. And if you like me and Ash, I think you might like the vlog. So go check that out. Uh, and uh, that is it, folks. We will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye.